Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, my friends? Grant Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Hope you're doing well. Appreciate you joining us. And we are here on episode 252. And uh, we got a great episode for you today. We have a, a repeat guest. We have Miss Harriet Turk, who is back with us by popular demand. She was with us uh, several several years ago, in fact. And she gets hit up regularly by you guys from, from that episode. So we, uh, we bring her back. We wanted to have her here again for some more goodness. That's what it'll be today. We have a wide ranging conversation. But before we get to that, let me remind you, if you'd like to, to work with us, myself and our team, about helping you understand a plan for building a plan for finding and booking paid speaking gigs, then definitely check out thespeakerlab.com slash apply. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash apply. We'd love to chat with you and uh, discuss ways that we can work together in helping you find and book paid speaking gigs. So definitely check that out. All right. So today we talk with Miss Harriet Turk. Harriet has been in the speaking industry for 27 years. We've known each other for over a decade. She's a phenomenal speaker, phenomenal human being, and just brings a wealth of experience and knowledge to the conversation today. So we talk about the different lessons that she's learned from meeting planners and working with meeting planners over the years. We talk about different ways to connect with event planners and meeting planners via email or via text messages. One thing that we talked about that I haven't really got into before. So we cover that. We just It's a wide ranging conversation with a lot of lessons that she's learned along the way and the importance of building relationships in this business. So a lot to get to, a lot to learn from. So uh, let's jump right into this conversation with Harriet Turk. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast today, joined by my good friend, Miss Harriet Turk. And Harriet is one of my favorite people in the speaking industry. She was someone that when I got started many moons ago that I just harassed. I was like, hey, 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 how do I do this? I need to be like you. What do I need to know? And she's been around for a while and is a phenomenal speaker and uh, even better human offstage. So Harriet, thank you for being with us. You're actually back. You're on episode 82. And so back for uh, back for seconds here. So uh, how's your day going? Thanks, Grant. Oh, it's good. Life's happy right now. Good, good, so, good. Yeah. Good to have you back with us. And I know that one of the things that you've mentioned is like you were on a couple of years ago and you still get people that like so pepper you about that episode and, and are always trying to catch up with you. I do. I think it's very interesting because I'm not one of the big name speakers. So that shows that your podcast is working when people go back and really listen to previous episodes. But I think the topic that we talked about was very pertinent because nobody really talks about the personal side of this business and what right. can do to help and hurt your relationships. Yeah. So 
Indeed, indeed. Well, good to have you back either way and glad that we're going to be chatting today. So one of the things we're going to be talking through is real quick, just to give some context, you've been in the speaking industry for, I'm going to say decades, plural at this point. You have worked with dawn uh, of time, hundreds, if not thousands of events and event planners. And so we're going to talk about that. But for people who haven't heard uh, that previous episode, can you give us a quick nutshell on who you are, who you speak to and what you speak about? Sure. I started in the business as a a meeting planner, youth programs coordinator. Then it just became where I was hiring speakers left and right for different kinds of conferences, adult, college, high school, middle school level. And I couldn't find very many women. And so I asked a couple of the speakers that I had hired, you know, what do you think? And I had been an MC for all the conferences and they thought you can do it. Let's, let's go for it. And slowly but surely I built a business and that's what I've been doing is speaking since I'm going to say really and truly 93 is when I got my first paid program, but truly started full-time 96. So. All right. So 93, I would have been, what is that? Like sixth oh God, grade, Here fifth we go. grade, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. came to your middle school. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Here's a, here's a crazy thing is I got hired by an association two summers ago and I got hired by a girl who was running the national program who had seen me 20 years before when she was in high school as a participant of the organization. That's pretty wild. If that doesn't make you feel old, <laughs> I don't know what does. And at the same time, she remembered me. So that's kind of cool. So the, the bulk of what you still do today is a lot of it's in the education space, speaking with, with students, educators. How many gigs a year are you doing typically? Last year, I did 110. 110? 110. And I count it as days. I don't do like three programs in a day counts as three programs. To me, that counts as one. Yeah. I count days. So 110 days. I did. Really? I didn't realize it was that much. That's insane. I'm popular. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree, but that's still crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And it's too much. It was way too much. So this year I've backed way off. Because I think sometimes we get into rut of, oh my goodness, we're not going to have a speaking engagement for the month of September. So I'll take 42 in June and then we just kill ourselves. So I've just learned, I have learned finally after 27 years in the business that I'm going to get work. Yeah. So I don't have to kill myself. So, and I'm curious on that point, because that's one thing that I hear from a lot of speakers who've been in it for any length of time, that it doesn't matter how long you're in it. There's always some level of insecurity that like, this is the last one. It's all going to come crumbling down after this. Do you feel like that that ever goes away? Like those doubts, those insecurities, those fears, or do you feel like it, it, it gets minimized? Or do you feel like I've been at this for a long time? I've done a lot of gigs and it's still a very loud voice in the back of my head. It's a very loud voice in the back of my head. And that's why you have to have a network of other speakers to flesh it out with. Because like yeah. one of my very best friends, Scott Bakovich, who has been on your podcast, his busy months are August and September. I have rarely ever worked in August and September. And no one understands that, including me. But my October, November kill his. Yeah. And so once you stop looking at everybody else's schedule in terms of what the heck? I don't have anything booked in September, but look at when are you booked? It all evens out. Um, yeah. But of course it's scary because you don't know if anyone's really going to call. So yeah. So what do you do in those periods when it is slower? You know, they're like, all right, I've, I've booked a bunch of things and all of a sudden I'm not booking as many things. And like, I know, again, we've had conversations, numerous conversations over the years of times you're just like, man, I'm slammed right now. And times you're like, 
I don't know what's going on, you know, and then everything in between. And it is like this constant exactly. roller coaster. So when you are on the highs or you are on the lows, is there anything that you do to just kind of like mentally prepare yourself or kind of balance that out? Well, yeah, for one thing, when I am super busy, that's when my ideas flow and I've got all these ideas to do things, but I don't have time. So I actually carry a notebook with me and I write down every single idea that I have. And then during the slow times, I pull out that notebook and I start looking, what are these ideas I've come up with? And am I really interested in doing them? And during the slow time, that's when I start to work on things. And like what? Because, well, for instance, I wrote a teen girl curriculum a couple of years ago for middle and high school. I've had tons and tons of requests for elementary or faith-based, but I never had time to really put the effort into it. Well, now that it's my slow time, I'm actually doing that yeah, and then updating it to have more of an online course. So all the things that too, I don't know how to do an online course. I've never done an online course. You know, right. I can't stand all that kind of stuff, but I'm learning because I have the time to actually focus on it. Right, so. right. So one of the things I wanted to, uh, for us to talk through is, again, you've worked with potentially hundreds of meeting planners and those that are hiring speakers. You've obviously been on, like you mentioned, both sides of the equation of I have hired speakers and I have been hired by uh, event organizers and event planners. It's a delicate balance of we need each other, but it's really easy for speakers to go too far across the line and just be annoying or be a pain. So what are some things that you have noticed in terms of getting on event planners' radars and trying to stay top of mind when they get ready to pick a speaker, which may only be once a year, and they may review speakers for a couple weeks, if that, each year, and you're just trying to catch them at the right time. What are some things that you've noticed about getting on a meeting planner's radar without being a pain or being annoying? Well, one of the things that I was told, because I actually contacted about seven or eight meeting planners and just said, you know, give me some ideas of what speakers do that bug you. And overwhelmingly, two things came out. One, when you send me a cold email, but you don't connect me to a video and I have no idea who in the heck you are, or you know nothing about my organization, you know nothing about our timeline, you've never visited our website, then why in the world would I hire you if you know nothing about us? One guy said this, which, which I've heard over and over again, it's like, I'm not here to build your career. You know, I'm here to provide a service for my participants. So don't come in and start talking to me all about how amazing you are. Talk to me about how much amazing information you can leave with my audience. Right. And I thought that was, you know, pretty perfect. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, all right. So say this to again, the, just a cold email of just kind of a spray and pray approach doesn't work, which we can right. certainly dig into that. And then two, talking about the, what's in it for them from the uh, event perspective and not just, Hey, I'm a speaker. You should hire me because I'm, I'm, trying to get started or I'm trying to book gigs or I'm trying to whatever. Yeah, exactly. Got it. So on the first part there, do event planners get completely annoyed with cold emails or is it just the wrong type of cold emails that, that ticks them off to no end? Well, overwhelmingly I hear from all meeting planners that they get more blind cold emails from speakers that they have zero idea who they are. And so they will say, oh, well, I'll look at this later, but they never go back to the email and the speaker feels ignored and the meeting planner doesn't know that he or she is ignoring you because they've just forgotten about the email. So one thing is like, ask a meeting planner what your timeline is. When do you hire speakers? When are you looking for speakers? One meeting planner told me that he gets um, tickled 
is what he said when speakers will send him an email that say, Hey, I know you're right in the middle of your event. So I hope you're having a great time, but I want you to consider me for next year. And he's like, dude, (laughs) delete because I have zero time to think about you when I'm in the middle of an event. Um, You know, so that's one thing is just honestly fish for when are you going to be looking at me? Because especially in the youth market, you're dealing with a lot of teachers who may also have a title of executive director of an organization. And so they're juggling everything and you've got to really look at how can I get to you when you're interested in me? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. People don't understand, especially new speakers don't understand how the network of meeting planners is really small and they talk. And so let's say that I'm speaking in Columbus, Ohio. Well, I'm going to invite some meeting planners that live in the Columbus area or who are even in the state of Ohio and say, Hey, I'm going to be here on this day. I would love for you to come see me. Right. And that way they can choose to come see you. I have people do that to me. Like, when are you going to be in Chicago? We want to come watch you. Right. And so, yeah, that's the thing is you've got to get known. And at the same time, you can't, be pompous with one meeting planner and not think that it's going to hit some other meeting planners because they're friends and they talk. Right. Right. So one of the things that you had touched on was the, the meeting planners hate when they're getting a, a cold email, that's the wrong type of, of cold email. So is there a way to send a cold email to get on someone's radar? That's not going to be annoying or a pain. So one of the things that you touched on was, you know, again, having a link to a video, not making it all about them, catching them at the right time and not, sending some like 98 paragraph email about why they're so awesome, why they should, they should be hired. Cause I think about it, like in our case, I'm not hiring speakers for anything, but I used to host a previous podcast called, how did you get into that? And at the time of this recording, that podcast ended almost four years ago. I still get people who email pitching to be on the show and who clearly (laughs) haven't listened to it, who haven't kept up with it. So to troll them, this is a total side note. One of the things I always do is I ask them, what is their favorite episode that they listen to? And they'll, yeah. you, they'll make up one and kind of take some keywords out of a description. And then I ask nice. them what they thought of the most recent episode. And the most recent episode is titled like something like how to end a podcast. And clearly this thing is not around. Clearly they haven't done any homework. And so it makes me not interested at all in talking to them. But I have been pitched to be on, you know, like the Speaker Lab podcast uh, from people that are like, oh, clearly they did their homework. It's not like an automatic delete. I'm a lot more intrigued. So I know it can work, but there's certainly, it's a delicate dance there to not just a spray and pray shotgun approach. So what do they say anything of what does work or what does get their attention in a positive way? Sure. They like speakers who ask questions. Like, when are you hosting another event? How many speakers will you hire? You know, are you looking for someone with this expertise? And this is what I love to speak about so that they immediately can steer the speaker to where they need them to go. That makes sense. Right. Right. Because if you give me tons, and this is me talking as a former meeting planner, if you just give me tons of statements of who you are and what you can do, I don't have any questions for you. You've already answered all the questions. So if you hit me with a lot of questions, then I can answer and guide you of when's the best time to contact me. Or, you know what? I rarely check this email, but if you'd like to text me, here's my number. You know, so that could be something. Um, What's the best way to contact you? 
without bothering you? Or what's the best way to contact you so we can have a conversation? Right. And a lot of times lately I'm noticing it's text. Is that, do you think that that's just in the youth market or do you think that that's, cause that seems pretty unusual. Like I'm a little surprised at that to hear that people yeah, want you no, to text them. I'm absolutely surprised by that. No, it's not just youth market. Cause I've been doing it over the last year. I've been doing more association and corporate work mm-hmm. and they're usually the ones that start the texting conversation with me. I get a text from them first, which is so confusing to me because I don't like yeah. people texting me unless I know who you are. Right. But no, I think everyone's going to text now. It's easy. It's right there. I will answer you and we can talk. Emails, I always, I mean, shoot, how many emails do we forget to respond to because we sure. get so many? Um, they get mixed in with spam. So. so do you feel like texting feels like a horrible first impression, but once sure. you start the conversation, sure. Like if that's their, whatever they're like, their me, whatever their preferred mean is, then like, I'm good with that. Like texting from an initial standpoint, seems like a horrible idea. I, yeah, I would not suggest that be the first contact at all, Yeah, but you know, an email, sure. And then when you send an email, like a video link, not just your website, but a video link, because then I can click right there. I'm, I'm interested in you mm-hmm. or is your email a video? You know, I think those are some that they say those will make them stop and look at it because it's completely different right. than just a lot of words. Yeah. So well, you know, th- this is the hard part about our industry. It's like, I can tell you all these best practices that I have and it may not work at all for you yeah. or it's just a crap shoot. Sometimes it works and sometimes it fails. That's why yeah. you kind of do so many different methods. And I've even, for the first time in 27 years, I've started sending out brochures because I'm thinking nobody ever does snail mail anymore. Yeah. And so if I come across your desk, maybe you'll take a minute and read about me. Right. And I've just done a few because I'm just now starting to do some outbound in markets that don't know me. Yeah. But I'm been encouraged by the number of phone calls that I'm getting. Yeah. Interested. So what's the call to action on the brochure? basically just book Harriet now or (laughs) call for more information. You know, I've got different, what I call buttons throughout the, it's not really a brochure, but a flyer. I don't know what to call it. Yeah. But it's like interested in learning more, you know, book Harriet now and all these things throughout the different spaces in the brochure. So it seems like, you know, in, like you mentioned, you've been in the industry for 27 years that what worked five years ago may not work today. And what worked 20 years ago may still work today or may come back around. So you, you know, like I remember when I got started like doing like mailing stuff and got away from that. And so maybe it is something where just to kind of differentiate yourself, that is something that you can consider doing to get back into. It can be expensive and it can be costly and be hard to like track, but you know, there are, that could be an option. So do you find that you started doing that? Do you find it's like a moving target though of just like, I'm just, I'm trying several things and seeing what works and then doubling down on those things? Absolutely. That's why I said it's like a crapshoot. You know, you just, you try different things and you hope something works. And let's say I do all different methods and I'm not getting any response whatsoever. I need to move on to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Because once you start calling over and over again or emailing over and over again and you're getting no response, then there's a reason and you need to move on to somebody else. But when I started doing the different methods was when I did a corporate event 
And one of the men there was talking about how he was so surprised that his daughter's school had stopped giving out iPads and computers and they were going back to tactile methods of teaching. And I thought, well, good grief. Maybe that works with meeting planners as well. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. And yeah, it's super expensive and not as easy, but I want some more. You, let's say you send out a, or I guess what, what kind of feedback you've got for meeting planners on this. You send out a cold email or you reach out to them. Maybe it is a, an email. Maybe it is a, a brochure, a letter, some type of physical piece of mail or something. Any best practices on following up to try to stay top of mind without being annoying? Because there are people that you can follow up with and they want you to follow up. Yeah. And there's people that are like, I didn't respond, so please don't follow up. And you have no idea what's going on on the other end of that. Maybe I just, I, your email's still on my inbox. I've been meaning to respond to you and I just haven't. And I'm actually legit interested and I just haven't. And there's people like, I deleted your email as soon as I saw it. Don't ever contact me again. And you just have like, right. from a speaker's perspective, you have no clue what's going on on the other end. So any best practices there on, on following up without being annoying? Well, I'll say this, that I have had several meeting planners who've contacted me and said, Hey, do you know these names? Because I've been getting cold emails from them and several of them have mentioned your name. And so if you do know another speaker, if you are networked with other speakers and they know who you are and what you do, or they've seen you speak, or they have a great reputation in the industry, include their name with permission. And with permission. permission. (laughs) Exactly. Because I have also had, where a meeting planners called me and say, Hey, do you know who this is? And I'm like, never heard of her. And they're like, really? Because she just sent me an email with a subject line, Harriet Turk. And in the first line, it said, Harriet Turk thought it would be a great idea if I introduced myself. Uh, I'm like, I have no idea who this person is. Okay. Let me give you one more level on that. This happened last week where a friend told me about a brand new speaker and he told her absolutely do not contact this agency because you're not ready. Well, they did and they put his name in the subject. I mean, not the subject line, but in the first line. So yada yada told me to contact you. Well, that agency person did not read any more of the email and called the speaker and said, who is this? And why should I watch their video? (laughs) You know, it's like everybody that's starting out forgets that the networks are small, even though they appear large and that in some ways we're all connected. And so if you use my name, make sure that I have given you permission to, but that immediately gives you a little bit more credibility because someone knows the work that you do. Right. Um, I had someone yesterday ask me about a speaker and I was surprised they'd never heard of him. Yeah, but you gain a reputation very quickly in this industry, even when you just do like a very small event, because you never know who's in your audience and you never know who has seen certain speakers. So, you know, that little off topic, but that's why it's so important to have your own material. Well, and, and to that point, one of the things we talk a lot about is like the speaking industry, like this is a relationship business and people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And to your point, there is, it's a big world and it's also a very small pond. And so there's a lot of, of speakers who are very networked and well-connected. And it's a weird kind of world where as a bunch of speakers, we're all to some degree competitors, but at the same yeah. time, there's no one speaker that can speak at everything. And so we're also mm-hmm. colleagues and friends who actively refer and recommend 
you know, one another to, to gigs. So it is a, a small world. So it seems like, again, in your world that, that you have been very successful in large part because of the network and the relationships that you have built. And so that has a challenge with that is like, that takes time. And so you and I have a great friendship, a great relationship today, but we've also have known each other for 10, 12 years or whatever. And it's hard to like fast forward relationships. You know, it's hard to compact 12 years of a friendship or 27 years of experience into we just met. So, or, or I'm just getting started. So is there anything that you've done that has really helped to accelerate or improve existing relationships and, and your speaking network? I am the same off stage as I am on and that's who I want to be friends with and yeah. develop relationships is the people who are truly themselves. And gosh, I don't know. We've had phone calls. We've seen each other at conferences, you know? So it's like, once I start hearing your name too, then I become interested, you know, who is this new kid on the block? Yep. And so I don't know a lot of, it just comes to conversations. I mean, I, I have speakers, new speakers who contact me, which I'm so confused about because they say, Hey, I've been marketing and stuff and I'm not getting any business. And I'm like, well, where have you spoken already? And they're like, well, I've not ever spoken. <laughs> it's like, well, why are you doing marketing yet? You know, you don't even know the business or, or if I say, do you know so-and-so that lives in their city? And they're like, no, I never heard of them. And they're big name speakers. Well, when I started off, I asked so many people for help and I asked who were the big names and I don't mean like Zig Ziglar names. I mean, just like industry Yeah, people. in your world. And yeah. yeah. And so I contacted them and, you know, a few people blew me off and other people didn't. And so that's where my relationships began. You know, that's a hard question to really answer because some people like some people and, <laughs> and they'll help them and then others you don't. But I don't know. I just being genuine and throwing work back and forth to each other. Yeah. Yeah, I know like over the years, like you and I have both referred gigs to each other yeah. and I've gotten gigs directly because of you and I know you've got gigs because of me, but we, yeah. it's never, it's felt very reciprocal without like a nickel and diming. Like I have no idea how yeah. many gigs we've referred to one another, but I also know I like know. it's fine. We've like it's all, worked, it's, it's all worked out. And the, I think one of the things that's been beneficial is recognizing that like a, a rising tide raises all ships. And so like, you don't have to lose in order for me to win, or right. it doesn't have to be like this zero sum game of, I need all other speakers to fail in order for me to succeed. Like the pie is big enough for everyone to have a slice of it. That's and I think that's something that people don't realize. Newer speakers don't realize that, that the pie is big enough for all of us to have a piece. Yeah. You don't have to cut down another speaker. You don't have to undercut your fee when you find out what someone else has quoted, you know, so that you get the business. You be true to yourself and to the business and to your friends and the business will build. I cannot say that enough where you just have to be a true person right. and realize that um, you don't have to cut anybody down to get your own business going. Right. And right. you're going to lose. You're going to lose a lot of things when you first get started. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's easier for me sometimes to get things simply because I'm a woman and there's not very many of us. But if I'm not good, I'm not going to get repeat business. Right. And I did a huge audit of my business last year and we came up with 71% of clients hire me again. So that's, that's a awesome. pretty good return. 
Yeah. And that means that I work more on my craft than it is my marketing. Right. I mean, you know, I don't like marketing. I don't like doing anything that's related to marketing. No, you do not. <laughs> but it also like to that point, um, I remember um, a mutual speaker friend of ours that I talked with years ago and he said, I think it was like around 80% of his business was repeat and same type of thing. He'd yeah. been in the business for a long time. Again, it goes back to like, you build a network, you build a relation, you build relationships with people. There's meeting planners that we both know you have done vacations with that you have <laughs> in their weddings, you know, like yes. those, that level of like friendship. And it's so much more than just a, I got hired, they gave me a check, end of transaction. But like you have deep, meaningful relationships with, you know, many of those people that, that want to hire you, but also want to refer you to other meeting planners that they know or work with that. To, to continue to hire you. They want you to be successful as a speaker. Well, and those relationships developed, number one, because I was good on stage, but it also developed because I was easy to work with yeah. and I didn't have a lot of demands. And I would stay after sometimes and help them clean up or right. just how can I support you? Doesn't mean I stayed for the whole entire conference, but you know, they could tell that I was genuine in my efforts to help. Yeah, And you know, I'm, speakers need to realize that they are one piece of a huge conference. Yep. And so the meeting planner is just pulled in so many different directions. How can I as a speaker support you and be the easiest to work with? Yeah. And I, I guess I'm just pretty good at that. Um, <laughs> I'm just so I mean, good at it guys. I'm oh. So amazing. <laughs> no, I mean, I have always said I am not the best speaker that somebody could hire, but I guarantee I'm probably the easiest to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and that goes a long way. Yeah. It makes a huge difference for sure. All right. Well, Harry, this has been super fun. I always enjoy catching up with you hearing. This has been a good wide ranging conversation about a variety of different things. So if people <laughs> want to find out more about you and what you're up to, uh, where can we go? Go to HarrietTurk.com. That's the place. Find. We will be sure and link up Bye. to that. So uh, Harriet, thanks for the time. We appreciate you. Absolutely. See ya. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Harriet Turk. Again, if you want to check out her work, definitely stop by and check out HarrietTurk.com. HarrietTurk, T-U-R-K.com. Again, if you are interested in learning more about how we can work together for us to help you build your speaking business, then definitely go to thespeakerlab.com slash apply to learn more about our elite program. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash apply. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.